You are listening to the Supermamas Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 133. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 133. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, Supermoms. How are you? I hope you're having a fabulous or had a fabulous Labor Day weekend. I hope that you are back to doing a back-to-school happy dance and enjoying a little more space, a little more quiet or sometimes it increases the workload, sometimes it decreases it. Some things get better, some things get worse. Today, you got to make lunches every day and do the whole morning routine, and that gets a little hectic. But I hope that it's going well for you. I hope you're minimizing the COVID, because apparently that's still around, and everybody's still getting it. Now kids are back to school, so... September comes and you're all excited that like kids are back at school and they're homesick for a week and a half. <laughs> it's just life. Life is crazy. But for me, life is really good. I am very close to becoming an empty nester. My kids are actually, well, my daughter flew up to visit her brother at college and um, they're spending like five days together. And it's just so cute. I mean, you don't get to choose that. You don't necessarily get your kids to get along, right? That's just kind of luck of the draw. I remember going to a class and siblings without rivalry and the teacher was wonderful. And she said, you need to let your kids have the relationship they're going to have. Basically, the best way to sabotage it is to triangulate it. And if you just stay out of it, let them decide whether they like each other or they want to be friends or what their relationship's all about. That's kind of hard for me. I like to be involved in every little thing, but I did a good job of letting them have the relationship that they were going to have. And now it's so sweet that they're together. I just talked to them. They were going to drive up to the Canadian border and wave to Canada. (laughs) So that's awesome. And then in gosh, two weeks, I will be an empty nester. My daughter's getting ready to start university and I am excited for her. Is my little birdie crapping in the nest before she leaves it as some birdies do? Well, (laughs) I'll let you guys decide that one on their own. I don't want to out her, but there's a lot of details too and a lot of nerves and a lot of uncomfortable emotions going on around my house, but I am excited. I spent about five minutes worrying about whether this is going to make my career sort of irrelevant. Now that I'm an empty nester, I always kind of taught what I most needed to learn and studied, you know, so that I could be a better mom. And now I'm not going to be raising kids on a regular basis. So should I think about switching my niche and coaching moms who are in this stage of their life. And I thought about that for a while because I do like coaching um, empty nesters. I certainly have done a few and I especially love moms who feel kind of lost and aren't sure of their direction. That's like really fun for me. But 
Then I interviewed a couple of experts. You haven't listened to them yet. They're going to be coming in the next few months. I've been doing lots of really good interviews with some fabulous uh, coaches, other coaches for moms or other people who work in the parenting space. And I have learned so much and it's still so relevant today. And I'm doing a lot of like reflecting back on how, why it was so hard for me to raise kids and oh man, I'm learning a ton still. So I am not changing my niche. I still love parenting. And uh, I'm super excited about the question that we have today. And I think you're going to like it too. So today's question says, is it anonymous supermom? She writes, I'm glad this post is anonymous because I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I want to get it off my chest and I think you will help me. I'm embarrassed by my children. I look at moms posting photos on Instagram of their cute mini-me daughters and mother-daughter BFFs, and I get jealous. I have a 13 and a 15-year-old who I love to pieces, but I'm having a hard time feeling at peace with their choices. I take pride in my appearance, and I think how we present ourselves goes a long way towards our success in life. When I was their age, I worked hard to fit in to look nice and be accepted by my peers. I mean, research shows that good-looking people are more likely to get hired, make money, and be promoted. Why wouldn't someone want to look as good as possible? My daughters are beautiful, inside and out, but they don't care about showing it. One identifies as non-binary and is experimenting with weird hair colors, piercings, and funky gender-neutral clothing. The other looks like she just rolled out of bed. She only wears oversized sweatpants and t-shirts, preferably used from thrift stores. Neither wears makeup, jewelry, or uses a curling iron. I was looking forward to the day I would take my girls to get makeovers or go shopping for cute clothes. I want to love them unconditionally, but my judgment of their appearance and disappointment in their priorities is blocking me. How do I love them unconditionally when they don't value the same things I value? How do I support them and feel proud of them when I'm stuck in disappointment and embarrassment? Anonymous Superbomb. Well, first, I just want to thank you so much for this question. I love it when someone so beautifully articulates something that so many of us feel. I admire your courage, your self-reflection, and I believe that your question is going to help so many other moms. So thank you so much for asking it. My parent educator answer to this question is to first say that your feelings are so normal. Sure, we don't publish this on social media. We don't buy an ad in our child's yearbook to talk about how embarrassed we are by them. But it is good to shine a light on it so that those that feel it don't need to be ashamed by it. They don't need to feel like they're the only one. Raising kids is freaking hard. It triggers every old wound, every unresolved issue from our childhood. It makes us feel every emotion under the sun while testing our limits and threatening our ego. It is perfectly normal to look at our teens and tweens and think, I love you. I would give my life for you. And I cannot stand you right now. I am so proud of who you are, but I will pretend I don't know you when you act like that. You are 
absolutely perfect in every way. And can you please change your hair, your outfit, and your attitude? <laughs> like these contradictions, these contradicting emotions are super common. It's just not talked about in public places. Raising children is an experience in feeling all the feelings all at the same time. Proud, embarrassed, love, exasperation, anger, disappointment, joy, gratitude, sadness, annoyance, impatience, compassion, you name it, we're feeling it. It is a very enriching experience to raise kids. So let's answer the questions. How do I love them unconditionally when they don't value the same things I value? And how do I support them and feel proud of them when I'm stuck in disappointment and embarrassment? So what you've got here and the first step to answering your questions of how do I feel love and pride is to let go of the judgment about your judgment. In your question, there's judgment, there's disappointment about your disappointment, there's shame about your embarrassment. So the first step to feeling love and pride is to give yourself permission to feel what you feel. We got to let go of the top layer of the judgment about your judgment. And just first, allow yourself to be judgy, to feel embarrassed by your kids, to feel disappointed by their clothing choices. We got to let go of the shame and judgment and disappointment about how you feel and just let your feelings be there. That is step number one. All parents come with expectations for the kids that they're going to have. I was felt very sure and was very excited to think that I was going to have a son who would like performing on stage and would love dancing because it's kind of rare. And when you're like a good looking young man who likes to dance and act like, oh, the girls just flock to you. (laughs) This was my husband's experience. And we both like dancing and acting. And this is something his dad and I shared in common. So I was very disappointed when my four-year-old came up to me and said, mom, I wasn't born to dance. So we all come in to parenting with expectations. I think it's really hard not to. You know, we're picking out a name and you have this certain image that the name has, right? You you have a, a connotation with an association. And so you have this picture of what you think they might look like. But every year, kids grow older and we get deeper glimpses into who our kids are meant to be. And it's exciting to see their personalities reveal themselves but it's also a little grieving the loss of who we thought they might be. Like both things are happening simultaneously. I'm excited about who they are and I'm sad about who they aren't. I remember finding out that I was having a girl when I was pregnant with my daughter and I was so thrilled because I really wanted a girl. And it surprised me that I felt sad over the loss of the boy that I had spent time imagining, right? I had picked out a name for this boy that I thought I was going to have. And I had a little picture in my head of what it would be like for my son to have a little brother. And so I was surprised that there was a grieving of the loss of that boy, even though he only existed in my imagination. So as kids grow older, we enjoy getting to see their creative side, their love of animals. But at the same time, we're grieving the loss of the 
athlete, the beauty queen, or the book lover that we thought we were going to have. It is said that expectation is the root of suffering. If we didn't expect anything, we wouldn't be troubled, but, you know, we're humans and humans like to create expectations. So I think it's perfectly natural to feel disappointed, embarrassed, even rejected while watching your children disregard your values and explore other ways of being and belonging in the world. What you're encountering and kind of witnessing unfolding in your 13 and 15 year old and you as a mama watching it, what you're encountering is the age old battle between the soul versus the ego, love versus fear, the social self versus the essential self. So we all have this essence of who we're meant to be, our soul and the calling it feels. And we all have this ego that operates out of fear of wanting to fit in, wanting to belong, this part of us that's socialized to fit into our culture and society. And so we have an inner battle between our soul and our ego, our love versus fear, and our kids are going to have that too. And so I can hear this mama wanting to reject the fear, the ego, the socialized conditioning to snap her fingers and just enjoy unconditional love for her children. But when we ignore the ego and we reject this part of ourselves, like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that I'm embarrassed by my kids. I don't like that I'm annoyed and judgmental of their choices. And we just want to like suppress it and push it away. What it does is it creates cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is basically holding two competing beliefs in your head at the same time. And this does not create a pleasant emotion. When your teen walks downstairs in an outfit that makes you cringe, but you bite your tongue and you hold your breath, there's a consequence to that. Your kid senses your disapproval. Even if you're like, no, it's great. It's fun. No, it's great. Uh-huh. Like you could fake it, but they still, they know you. They feel it, right? Your body feels the tension. Your jaw clenches. Your stomach grows upset. You get a headache. They all start forming when we live with duplicity, two competing beliefs at the same time. We smile on the outside, trying not to be bothered, but on the inside, It's just not an ideal way to enjoy raising kids. So instead of duplicity, we want integrity. And by integrity, I mean that your thoughts, feelings, actions, and values are all in alignment. That's what life coaching basically does in a nutshell, I would say, is it takes someone with cognitive dissonance with duplicity, and it gets you into your own integrity, into alignment, so that your thoughts, feelings, actions, values are all lined up, and then you feel free, you feel relaxed, you feel calm. So my advice to this anonymous super mom is to find someone safe where she can vent about all the annoying and embarrassing things her kids are doing, wearing, and saying. This could be a group of moms. It could be one good friend. It could be a life coach. It could just be somewhere where you could be honest and be like, oh my God, you should have seen what she wore the other day. (laughs) So to find someone who can then reciprocate, 
and be like, oh my gosh, you should have seen what my child wore the other day. When you're in that environment where people are being honest, not harsh, not critical, but just being honest about their true feelings rather than posting on Instagram, they love everything that their child ever says or does, then you feel this amazing sense of just gratitude, appreciation. It helps you feel normal. I mean, I see this happen in my leading your teen group class when other moms come into the group and they are honest about their struggles and they're honest about what's bugging them, whether it's a messy room or their kids' disinterest in school, their kids' horrible eating habits, the personal hygiene habits, the friendship drama, the attitude, whatever it is. All of a sudden, all the moms, you can just see their shoulders relax. They smile. They nod sometimes. and Or they're just like, hey, I'm better off than I thought I was. Here I was so worked up about what my kid is wearing. But, you know, I didn't even notice that, like, her friendships are pretty chill and her grades are nothing dramatic. And it doesn't bother me that her room's messy. You just kind of get this feeling that you're not alone, that you're pretty actually a pretty darn good mom. And you're actually pretty chill about a lot of things that other people are not so chill about. It just makes parenting teenagers so much more easy to deal with. And sometimes we just need a bigger perspective. And that's what being in person with other moms who are being honest can give you. When you go on social media, you don't get that bigger perspective. So having a good old-fashioned vent session with a compassionate supermom who's there in solidarity will help release the shame of feeling embarrassed by your kids and the judgment you have of your judgment. To deal with the disappointment that your teens have different values, well, we'll go on to the life coaching answer for that one. You found a path to success that works for you. Caring for your parents, dressing nicely, and fitting in. The ego is not going to let go of that very easily. My hunch is that your ego perceives your daughter's choices, your teenager's choices. You said one was non-binary, so I'm trying to gender neutralize here. My hunch is that your ego perceives your teen's choices as unnecessarily risky. And this ego part of our brains that, that it operates out of fear wants to swoop in and take control in order to secure a successful future. That's my hunch of what's going on in the supermom's brain. Because when our brains perceive fitting in, getting hired, making money, and being successful as a safety issue, right? So when safety gets involved, our ego, our fears, is not going to let it go easily because we think, oh, she needs me. She needs, I know the path to success. And it starts with having a good physical appearance and presenting yourself in a certain way where you'll be accepted by mainstream society. Okay. So when safety is on the line, we start futurizing and catastrophizing. We start imagining that we're fighting for success or avoiding failure. And this makes our ego attach to it. It's hard to let go. We lose sight of the crazy things that we wore when we were 15 years old, the trends that barely lasted a month, 
We forget about how worried our parents were that we were going to fry our brains by standing too close to the microwave, or they thought the inappropriate song lyrics we listened to were a sure path to a violent future. (laughs) We become a menace to society because of the music we listened to. We forget all that stuff when safety comes into play because we're mama lions (laughs) and we got to protect our cubs from danger. And so it we lose our perspective when we start looking at our kids' physical appearance and throwing a safe, secure future that involves money and belonging and acceptance into it. It just makes a molehill out of into a mountain. <laughs> makes a mountain out of a molehill. So we lose our perspective. So we really want to ask this, uh, well, so like different part of the brain, right? That instead of the fearful part of brain, the more reasonable part of the brain, the logical part of your brain, we want to ask, are your kids presenting themselves in a way that is dangerous? Are they causing harm to themselves or others right now in this moment? Now, one could argue that getting piercings is harming the body, I suppose, but Right now, in this moment, does your child seem negatively impacted? You know, are they suffering? So we want to ask those questions because it helps our brain come up with the answers, right? We're joggling between the fearful part of our brain and the logical part of our brain. So if you say, you know, right now, in this moment, my children's lives are not in danger, then it is safe to take a deep breath and remind yourself of that that right now they're 13 and 15 and they are safe. Adolescence is a fleeting time and how they present themselves to the public is bound to change as they grow and evolve. Most people do not top out at 13 and 15. They're not, we're not their best at those ages. We're not our most self-actualized, right? We're so focused on figuring out who we are and who our people are and how do we fit in with that group and they're so focused on that that most likely they're going to continue to grow and make more thoughtful, mature choices as they age. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to adopt your values around appearance, but it does mean that they will find people who accept them as they are. They will navigate friendships, jobs, bosses, and teachers. And as they navigate through these relationships, they're going to have positive and negative experiences. And from that, they're going to learn. If they go to a job interview where with, I don't know, piercings and weird hair color and funky outfits, and they get hired, they're going to be like, huh, cool, I get to wear whatever I want. These are my people. This is my place. They accept me for who I am. If they go to that job interview wearing that outfit and they don't get hired, then they will have the opportunity to reflect. Either they can change the way they're presenting themselves in job interviews, or they might decide that that's not a place for them to work where they feel like they can be themselves. Your children will carve out a niche for themselves in the world that works for them. It is disappointing when our kids don't value what we value. I think most moms want their kids to value what they value. 
But it's okay to be disappointed as your kids grow older. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just letting go. Like, okay, I admire this part of them, but I'm disappointed that they're not picking up on this. That's what we call clean grief. And it's okay to be sad and be disappointed that your kids are not a mirror image of you and that they're not little mini-me's. <laughs> That's not you know what we signed up for when we became parents. We signed up to watch a whole other soul develop into the world and to be their own person and be the best version of themselves and figure out who they are meant to be and be that person. Like We signed up to be a witness to this, not a puppeteer, (laughs) not to make somebody in our own image, right? That's not what parenting is. Parenting is just a front row seat to this evolution, this exciting journey we call life. So when you feel sad, sadness is just helping you identify what you need to let go of. So if you're feeling disappointed, feeling sad, then think about, okay, what am I ready to let go of here? Maybe I'm ready to let go of the expectation that my kids would value the same things I would. Maybe I could let go of this idea that they're going to be little mini-me's and that we're going to be best friends and have all the same values and appreciate the same things and enjoy doing the same things. And that's a good, healthy thing for you to let go of. When you grieve the loss of the kids you thought you were going to have, It creates space to enjoy raising the ones you've got. So the first step is to release the fear, the judgment of your judgment, all that. The second is to allow the sadness to identify what you're ready to let go of. What can you learn from this? How can you move forward? And then third is to commit to your values. So just because your kids don't value the same things, doesn't mean you have to let go of your values. You can still take care in your appearance if that lights you up. You know, you can listen to your kids and see what's important to them and let it change if you want it to, but you don't have to. You can embrace your values even if your kids don't. You also have a value around loving your kids unconditionally and being proud of your choices. So find reasons why you admire their choices, even if you don't agree. So for example, I admire my daughter's desire not to eat animals, even though I don't follow the same rules. (laughs) I partake (laughs) in eating animals, but I totally admire her reasons why she doesn't want to. Uh, She has a hard time buying new clothes. She wants to buy used everything because she doesn't want She's concerned about fast fashion polluting the planet. I totally admire that. While at the same time, I'm purchasing new clothes (laughs) from stores. So it's okay to have two separate sets of values or like I can value her and I can still appreciate what I like. You can admire your teenager's self-awareness. They know who they are and they know what makes them feel comfortable. They know what clothes best express their essence of what they feel on the inside. They're not letting arbitrary rules made by advertising companies tell them what they should look like. Instead of falling 
prey to fast fashion and polluting the environment by subscribing to consumer culture. They are wearing secondhand clothes and being selective with what they purchase. You can admire all of that. You won't worry about your kid's future success or about you failing as a mom, because usually that sneaks in there somehow, uh, when you could find reasons to admire their choices that are aligned with things you also value. So then the unconditional love and pride that you want to feel is going to come naturally from the inside. You won't have to pretend to feel something you don't because you're actually finding specific things that you admire about them. Today's Supermom Kryptonite is denying our shadow side. So I'm a big believer in the law of attraction. The law of attraction says that what you focus on expands. I totally see over and over again with my clients and with myself how like attracts like. You don't always get what you want, but you attract what you are. It's about emotions. If you feel peaceful and calm, you attract more peace and calm. If you feel a lot of fear, you will attract things to be fearful of. So most people are drawn to the law of attraction with the intent to manifest what they want. By thinking and feeling positively, they will attract more positive experience. I really believe that this is true. I've seen it happen over and over again. But it only works when someone is in alignment. Cognitive dissonance, holding two competing beliefs simultaneously, causes someone to be out of alignment. There's a subtle but important difference between focusing on the feeling of unconditional love and focusing on the wanting to feel unconditional love. When you stay in the wanting to feel loving, you are identifying the lack of it. If I want money to come my way, then I'm focused on the fact that it's not here now. (laughs) I've got to feel what it would feel like to have it here now. And that's when money's more likely to come. Okay? So if you want your kids to respect you, but you're focused on the fact that they don't currently respect you, then you're going to stay, uh, prolong that state rather than noticing all the times and finding evidence to prove that your kids currently respect you. This is a subtle difference. So when you want to feel proud of your kids, as this super mom was writing about, she's like, I want to feel unconditional love. I want to be proud. But dwelling on the wanting of it is also dwelling on the fact that you don't currently feel proud. I should do a whole episode on the law of attraction for and how it applies to parenting. So if anybody has a question about this law of attraction stuff or you're interested in how you can use it to make parenting easier, write me a question. Yeah, you can go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash contact and um, tell me what you want to create because I think it'd be fascinating. Okay, so instead, today's kryptonite is denying the shadow side of ourselves. So when we're pretending like it's not there, then we're actually uh, out of alignment, creating things we don't really want, okay? So better to embrace the shadow side of ourselves 
release our frustrations, release the shame and the guilt to a good friend or a life coach who's going to help you feel normal for having a shadow side, as we all do. And then you get access to the true emotions of love and pride. Because when we feel seen, heard, and felt, it relaxes us, it cleans up our energy, and frees us to connect with our values and attract what we really want, which in this case is this feeling of unconditional love and pride in our kids. So today's Supermom Power Boost is unconditional love. Moms have so many jobs. We have to provide food, shelter, clothing, opportunities. We have to clean. We have to fill out forms. We have to discipline, organize, coordinate, teach, drive. God, the number of hats we wear is endless. It is easy to get overwhelmed by all the busyness of raising kids. But when our kids act in a way that keeps us from loving them, it's time to act. That's when you want to take action. When our fears, our ego, our overwhelm prevents us from feeling love, it does something to a mommy's heart because we know we are wired for unconditional love. We need to feel love for our kids or it drains our energy. Loving our children is medicine for our soul. Even when they are jerks, even when they wipe their snot on their sleeve, even when they refuse to get out of bed or go to bed, if we can't love them, it nags at us. If we look at them and all we see is what they aren't doing right, our higher self will not let us rest. (laughs) It will just keep showing up every day. It will bug us that nagging, that discontent, that we need to be able to love our kids. Our most important job is simply to love them. And their job is just to be there for us to love them. When all else is said and done, it's about love. Love the hot mess that can't remember to turn in their schoolwork. Love the preteen who thinks you're ruining her life. Love the kid who cannot soak a dish if his life depended on it. Unconditional love is 100% available to you. Your children are 100% lovable. Not fear, not dependency or control, just pure love. No matter what they do, you get to love them. It is your privilege and your number one job as mom. Anything that blocks you from feeling that love can be addressed so that you can get back to loving your kids as they are right now, today. Today's quote of the day, beauty is not in the face. Beauty is a light in the heart. My favorite, Khalil Gibran. All right, super moms, thank you so much for listening. I will love you and leave you. Have a great day. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. 
If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.